0: Whoa, 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 oink, oink, head led, podcast, baby, show sponsor. See, Kathy, because
1: I was excited, I tried to get you on an hour early.
2: See, I you're always excited because you're just a, a big dumb man, and men are usually just excited about something, and it's usually sex.
1: That' Funny you should say that, kind of. kind of that's what i'm excited about but now we're here at the right time i know i told you an hour later and then called you an hour early and like where are you i'm in the library Um, (laughs) and you're like uh asshole you said seven (laughs) not six and i'm like well i'm excited Uh i'm excited we did things we did things and we're going to talk about those in a second let's start the show the following show is for mature audiences only listener discretion is advised and if you don't like it Please go fuck yourself.
0: One, two, three, four. Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Perverted podcast. Scared that your desires might be strange? Perverted podcast. Come and join the kinky world of play. Perverted podcast. Woo-hoo.
1: Yay! Hello and welcome to Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and the human mind
2: recording a half an hour early today because boogie's
1: excited god damn it kathy i i am excited and uh, i've also decided now that the weather has cooled down i think i want to move back to starbucks and do the show from there so i can get a little louder and scream at people i miss screaming at people
2: which you can't do in the library where you're at right now well you can but it might
1: end in in the police being called
2: we don't want that
1: no 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 but Uh. uh so Kathy.
2: I I know why you're excited I'll, by the way that you're gonna spring something on we're gonna spring something on the listeners that they're not expecting
1: well they were expecting it because we said that last week we were gonna do something and <laughs> but then it you, was just,
2: they don't know what you did
1: no they don't that we actually <laughs> went that <laughs> unlike First of all, all the other things you showed up that was uh, that was a big deal for me.
2: second of all, You did so. I didn't think you were going to do that because I thought, oh, you know, Boogie's just going to have to get his feet wet. He's going to take things slowly. Nope didn't turn out that way at all.
1: No, it was. Well, let's start. So for our listeners that knew, obviously, with everything shutting down and all the shit we went through at Threshold and not going there for a long time and getting over feelings and things like that. Threshold is still open. They're bumbling along. And uh, and Kathy got a group of people together and she's like, we're going, Mm
0: -hmm. we're going to go.
1: And, you know, there's a few people there that maybe we don't get along with and had problems with. But that is in the past, and there's a lot of great people that are there, and the club is open, and they're doing a good job keeping it running. So let's go and do this, and mm-hmm. and use our party passes that we spent 12 years earning, and uh, and go and be kinky people.
0: Right.
1: So you got there first. So I did. Talk yes, about and- your group.
2: I was just a group of friends. I've started to realize how much that due to the pandemic, due to other issues in my life, I missed my friends and the group of people that I enjoy spending time with was a huge part of my past. And that has just started to fade away with, you know, a few sporadic instances here and there. So I was very happy to see my friends there to see a couple of people that I uh, had forgotten all about. And we had an absolutely wonderful time um, sitting down and socializing. I mean, none of us had any intention to play. We were all going to go and just get used to being around kinky people and talking without having to censor ourselves. And by golly, that's what we did.
1: It was amazing. And of course it was, uh, it was kind of surreal that you were in the way back and, all of a sudden, I guess they had adapted the love lab that I used to live in, um, and they opened those doors and took over that room and made it like a quiet room with a lot of couches and stuffies and stuff like that. Of course, we weren't that quiet, but um, it but it was hot nice outside. Lounge. It was really hot outside. So yeah, yes. it was like this really nice lounge, and and I walk in there and like all the people that know me like my michelle and papi ramon and you you're just looking at my face because like i lived in that room for like three years and well
2: to see that transformed boogie we were we were concerned frankly we were like god i wonder how boogie's gonna take this to see the love lab we lament the loss of the love lab it was a great time for you and they had transformed it into a really cool swanky lounge and it was nice to have someplace else to Uh, to you know relax and socialize in but none of us knew how you were gonna react and i i you know
1: i don't give a shit you know i had kathy i have had so many homes so many homes i don't think i've ever stayed in one place more than a year or two and i'm 53 So that's just a couple dozen different times. I move plus all the time in the car and I'm always moving. So when I see a place that I used to live, it's maybe a little bit different than it is for people who have a lot of nesting. And, you know, like, oh, that's the house I grew up in as a child. And, and you know, we didn't move until I went to college kind of thing, you know, and then they go back and cry on the porch and some old lady kicks them off or calls the police or sh- squirts them with the hose. Get off my I, I-, I grew up here. I don't I don't have oh, that. Oh, my God. Who do you who does that? Well, I mean, some people get really nostalgic and sentimental for things like when places me. I never they-
2: do ever, ever, ever.
1: No, you don't. You're (laughs) lying. You're totally (laughs) lying. You are so lying. I thought we were bros for a second, but no. Once again. (laughs) No. Once again, no. But yeah, so when I saw it, I mean, it it was a little weird because I'm like, oh, Jesus, here's where we did anal hook pull. and, And here's where leaf blower versus vagina went down. And here's where about 700 insertions of my penis into amazing people happened. And so it was nice to remember, you know, the great things that I did there. And maybe it was a little sad, you know, that I don't have that kind of place anymore. But I've never been about the place, you know, I'm about the experiences. So if I can get a box that size, somewhere else, that will be the Love Lab. And I will be completely satisfied there and never think of that box again. Does that make sense?
2: So you're just basically going to go from box to box. That's how you say that. that, Yeah, and that's
1: fine. That's absolutely fine. Like, the home is where the heart is, thing. I know it sounds really cliche, but I'm really... I mean, that was technically the whole issue with the threshold drama. Is I'm, we were about the people and keeping the mission and, and things going. And some well, people think, were about the box. And, uh,
2: right. I think for you, home is where the vagina is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That is true. I, I, I'm, I'm, that's a vagina is pretty homey. And, uh, <laughs> so I showed up and it was really nice being there and seeing some people and, they uh they had done a couple changes, some little changes, but you know, still pretty much I mean they didn't change any of the floor plan or add any walls or anything like that, other than the love lab. Right. So it was uh it was familiar, a lot of different people, which happens. You know, if you go away from a for a year, then it's gonna be all different people, except maybe a handful. I mean, that's just the way a dungeon works, you know. So You get to know the new people. But if you're there, then it does. you don't really notice that people go away. They get other jobs. They, you know, move. They get into relationships. They get in bad relationships. They, you know, there's a lot of reasons why people come and go in a dungeon. And there's usually only a handful of people that are just fixtures there that just stay for years and years. And most people kind of flow in and out. So there was a lot of new people there. But there was some people there. And then, of course, the group that you brought, I knew all of those people and it was actually it was really cool and I was really happy that you badgered me to uh
2: the words I'll never hear again I was really happy you badgered me Kathy (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> probably not probably won't happen again but it happens now so i was really happy because you did you're like you better show up and i'm and i'm like whatever fine and i had to get dressed in my car it was cool i felt like a high school chick you know like pulling up my pants in the car and i'm like oh these jeans fit so good i'm so happy and uh you know put on my makeup and you know stuff like that put on some press-on nails oh, brother. Um, no i didn't do that because those are expensive so
2: yeah, that's I, why you didn't do that's it. That's <laughs> why I didn't, I didn't
1: put on them press-on nails cuz I prefer acrylics, Kathy. They just they don't, oh, right. they don't they stay on better. They don't chip and oh, when you just run them down a boy's back, it just uh they love it.
2: That's so, so you, honey. It's that's so you. That's so
1: me, Pumpkin. I am <laughs> I am just a diva. So, I my whole intention, of course, I brought a little toy bag, you know, with some stuff in it, but I'm like, no, nah, you know, I'm just going And doing my thing, because to be honest, and I've talked about it on the show, you know, I've gained a lot of weight and, you know, my living situation and just kind of being beaten down emotionally, going through a lot of changes inside, existentially, psychologically. There's some confidence issues, you know? And so the more confident I am, the more I'm like Boogie, you know? So. So I kind of just laid back and I'm like, you know what? I just, you know, I'm not feeling super confident, but whatever, you know, it's, it's me. So whatever. And it took what, like 25 minutes tops of me being there. And, and so of course I'm looking and it's, it's just exciting to be back and seeing butts and boobies and people playing and, and going, oh, okay. I kind of remember this and, but I was still a little hazy. And then. And then I saw her, Kathy. Uh huh. Here we go. Actually, somebody, we don't have a name that we can use for her uh, on the show, but but our our one friend, um, she's like, hey, this girl's been walking around and like nobody's talking to her. And I'm like, what? An animal strayed from the herd? What? <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's like it's like one line pointing out to another.
1: There's a gazelle limping over there. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, no, no. That's not cool. Which was the exact shit that used to happen back when I was there. You know, it's like, yeah. here's this beautiful girl walking around and she's kind of like, you know, oh, I'm just going to look at these pictures on the wall a little bit. It'd be nice if somebody had the fucking nutsack to talk to me. Uh-huh. And I just literally was like, I, it was like surreal, Kathy. There was a part of me that's like, nah, you know, I'm not, yeah, you know, that. And then all of a sudden, the inner predator count boogies like, hey, uh, why don't you go be a little bitch over there? And I'm going to go handle a conversation right now.
2: Uh-huh, so you uh-huh. like it
1: patted that little, you know, insecure part of me on the head and just went straight to the.
2: Straight oh, to
1: the woman. No.
2: So what you're saying is that you have multiple personalities. Well, yeah. <laughs> and the predator came out that night.
1: You didn't know that. And and so, yeah. So I went and, you know, one of my masterful tricks, and she's probably listening right now. So it, it'll be funny for her to see. But I'll give my little inside scoop. Because I am... Not the prettiest and big, and you know, and people are new, and that feels awkward. I don't want to just come up and breathe on someone and be like, "Hey, how you doing? Do you want to do you want to play? Do you want to touch my wiener?"
0: Ah. Um,
1: So instead, because I've you know I've learned some little things, I'll just kind of be in the proximity and I'll like throw out a little comment, like a little hello in the hallway or a little passing thing, like there was all these pictures. In, in the in the hallway with feet all over them and there's a lot of fucking feet you know yeah. <laughs> there's lots of feet in the hallway I, I
2: don't know who they hired to decorate that place but, but they, they like sure feet. do like feet they <laughs>
1: fucking love feet so so I made like a little joke about the feet and she kind of you know gave a little smile response and then you know she's like well I don't have any feet and so it was like a funny little moment and then I let her kind of walk away so there I knew she would, you know, because if you make a little thing and, and a woman looks back at you and she's like, you know, well, then that's body language to just stay the fuck back. She didn't bite. But, you know, but she laughs. So at least I know I can go up and say hi and, you know, maybe introduce myself and ask them, you know, if they have any questions about whatever. Like, you know, uh, do you like anal sex? Would you like me to fuck you in the ass now? Do you want to do anal hook pull? Uh, You know, all of those things that you just do in a first conversation.
2: Right, right. <laughs> so,
1: and, and that's what I did. I just went and and so I said, what's your story? And she was super cool, Kathy. She was really cool. And of course, it was mysterious because we're both wearing masks. And... And just so we just started talking and and found some things in common. And after like five, 10 minutes, I'm like, hey, do you want to go into the other side, into the old love lab where it's, you know, where I feel comfortable being a predator? And because I did it for years and we went and sat on the couch and we just talked about some things. And and it was once again, it's just you allow an adult to be an adult. And I don't know. So many people have a problem with this. That well. I got it's, to tell you,
2: Boogie. What? That you just you said earlier. You know th- that you you made a kind of funny joke about what a a creepy creepy guy would sound like. You know, s- s- just drooling all over some girl, and it turns them off, right? I mean, sure, everybody knows that it turns them off. But very few men out there, first of all, even know that there's a sweet spot, or do the work to find the sweet spot, and that sweet spot is. Letting a woman know that you desire her without coming off as a creep. Not an easy thing to to do. And people like you and your sharks, your shark club, your ethical predators club. Yes. Have honed your skills in finding the sweet spot.
1: Well, let me, I'll give away the tip. Because I don't have a problem with giving away the tips. Because then you have to learn more things. Uh, The tip is treat the person like a fucking person. And not assume that there is one sweet spot, that everyone has your things. If you approach in most situations in the dungeon, I'm not saying in the market or at the gym, that's a whole different ballgame. I don't even touch that world. I don't talk to women in public. I don't care. They're 99 per, 90% vanilla. I don't want a piece of it. So, I will go first off to a place where I know that if you've come in the door, you're probably not there for a pottery making class. Nobody has ever walked into that dungeon and asked me, Where's the kiln? I'm looking for the throwing wheel. They're there to either explore kink, be kinky, or, you know, educate themselves. Or they're there to support somebody else. But there's not that many reasons. And most of it is they want to have an experience. Now whether or not they want to have an experience with me is well that's that's the thing you have to have a conversation to find out. But once you're inside, as long as you just approach with a hello, I mean it's so simple. I try to tell guys all the time, it's not hard to talk to a woman and not be creepy. You can just say hi, I'm Boogie or whatever your name is and how are you doing? Are you Are you experienced in the lifestyle? What you know? What types of things uh, are you interested in? Have a like a fucking human. Have a conversation and
2: what What is this? Uh, speak to a woman like she's a human being. Are you insane? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs>
1: because literally I mean so the way it were and I'll, I'll I'll get to the good stuff because that's what everyone cares about they don't care about my fucking game uh, <laughs> they don't care about can fucking game but I really would like more men to learn it because she literally walked around for an hour and like and she's really pretty she's sexy she's I mean she's she's not nothing to worry about. And she's like, I walked around for an hour and then no one was really talking to me. So she had to go and get a name tag. And she said, maybe that'll make someone talk to... And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me?
2: I know. And she was very cute. And she had a black lacy outfit on. And I get it. But I have to tell you that I did watch her walk around. Nobody approached her. But she didn't approach anyone else either. I get that it's hard to do. But it sucks that had you not come up to her, uh, her not, you know... Uh, coming up to anyone else would have meant she had a terrible night. That's another lesson to learn.
1: It is a lesson to learn. And of course, if you are interested in being on the bottom side, then of course, um, if you're looking for now there's two things I'll say about this, Kathy. Uh If you are looking for play and you are a bottom, I think it is a perfectly acceptable expectation that you are the prey and the DOM needs to DOM the fuck up and go and seek you. Because that's what predator prey is. There is a predator and a prey. So, of course, I mean, if you're really strong and confident, sure, you can approach dominance and, and say, hey, I'm, you know, I watched you play and, and it's really interesting. Could you try some of those things in me? But in general, it's not quite as fun if you have to be the predator to get someone to prey on you. Grow right. some fucking
2: balls and fucking yeah. go
1: talk to people.
2: Ah, I'm screaming
1: yes. in the library again. God damn it.
2: <laughs> about growing some fucking balls.
1: <laughs> growing some fucking balls. I did the same thing when I talked to Fluffy in a little oh bit. Oh my God.
2: So, okay, so, so anyway. You get to do go the good ahead. stuff.
1: So the good stuff is, now that I've bitched about people and and, and that they should grow, So I basically, we talked a little bit. We found some common ground. I said, oh, those are, are you interested in these things? And she said, yes. So I said, are you interested in playing that way? She said, yes. I said, are you interested in doing that with me? And as an adult, she was able to make a educated decision about her own sexuality and say, yes, yes.
0: I'm crazy, Kathy. I know. <laughs> it just blew my mind how that works.
2: I know. You would think that you would think that the way people don't understand it—that it's the mystery of the ages—when really it's not.
1: No, it's just not. And so I said, "Great. Would you like to do that now?" And she said, "Yeah." I said, "Let's go get a room," and we went. And got a room, talked to the dungeon mar- which well, was... Wait, then- wait,
2: wait. You're burying the lead, at least from my perspective. What? We're in the patio, me and my friends. And we're yapping up a storm and laughing and having a good time. And we see you and her get up and walk and go through the door of the main room. And just before the door closed behind you, you stop. You turn around. You look at us. And the look on your face was like, <laughs> I'm going in. <laughs> and then you close the door.
1: Because it was surreal. And I'll get to the surreal part in a little bit. So I do the things. Now, then, you know, I went and visited Mew and then played with Mew and her friend, you know, a month or so ago, a couple months ago. And so that was really good. But that was like private play inside. And then I did the fire play and the things like that. And that was good. But this was now, you're playing in a dungeon and there are certain protocols and logistics and timing. That really takes a while to learn because you only get an hour in that room. And in that, you have to negotiate. You have to set up your scene. You have to get your uh, partner in hopefully a pretty good headspace. You have to start executing the things that you want to execute. And then you have to bring them down, do a little aftercare, depending on how much they need, get them dressed, clean up, and get the fuck out three minutes before. The hour, so the next people can come in, and that takes a long time to kind yeah. of get a rhythm of that, and not have it look super clunky. So there is a part of my brain that was literally just a mathematician. You know, we have big clocks. I I bought those clocks on eBay or at uh, I don't know wherever at Walmart. <laughs> so I watched those clocks and, okay, I got 13 minutes of this and then I can add, you know, another 12 of this. So it was great. We went in. I talked to the DM. Uh, the DM said, you you know, you know what you're doing. Yes, blah, 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 blah. Because I wasn't familiar with this DM. The DM did the right thing, turned to her and said, do you know what your safe words are? And she said, yes, uh, you know, red is 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 stop. And then, you know, if she uses yellow, then that means slow down. And so the dungeon monitor was satisfied with that, signed us in, walked away. We went in, and now it was time to negotiate. So I pulled out my toys. And it was funny, you know, after I wiped away all the moths and cobwebs that came out of my toy bag, it was a little embarrassing because it was like a whole cloud of of old uh, smoke because it's been so long since I played at a dungeon. So that was a joke. You're supposed to laugh.
2: <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Tough
1: tough, tough crowd. Tough crowd in the library, Burbank (laughs) library today. So uh, I lay out the toys. We pick the toys that she likes and then the ones that she's maybe a little hesitant of. So move those over to there. And then uh, she saw the Hitachi that I had and she's like, huh? And so I said, okay, now that we've talked about the toys, what, what parts of you are okay to touch and what parts are not okay to touch? And she said, "I'm good. Just if you're, you know, going to put fingers inside of me, uh, go wash your hands." Which I thought was a very reasonable and responsible request. Mm-hmm. And it didn't—I didn't have a problem with that. So the stage was set, and put her on the cross. And I got to tell you, it was lovely. There was a part of me that was like, "This is a really..." cool woman and her responses were wonderful and just to be against that cross and start running my hands down her back and just those little warm-up spankings and feeling that flesh in my hands and hearing the noises of a dungeon and the taste of the air in the dungeon And just being in that moment where my entire focus was now this individual that's going to give me all this new information that I'm supposed to then interpret and hopefully turn into great sensations.
0: Right.
1: It was like watching a movie because there was a part of me that's like, "Uh, am I playing? What the fuck's going on here? It was like,
2: you're like, like, these aren't my hands moving. I
1: I, I swear to God, Kathy, there was a part where I like looked at my hands like I'm Neo in the fucking Matrix or something. And I'm like, whoa, dude, this is, this is cool, Ted. And so
2: is that a combination of
1: (laughs) kind of, kind of. It's all, you know, I have watched Keanu for a lot of his career. He had many great quotes that fit this moment. So it was really wonderful and it was sexy and the masks were on. And so it was funny because I'm like, is it okay if I mask bite you? And then I start nomming her with the mask, which is like sticking in my face. And we start laughing because it was totally not sexy, but it was very cute and funny. <laughs> and then we just had a really, you know, it was our first scene. So obviously you're not going to hit major home runs and, and change the world, but it was just lovely. And she was wonderfully responsive and she had never been two handed flogged. And, just the reaction like i don't think i've seen a reaction to a first time you know feeling that Uh, and she just her back just went oh and then she went oh
2: (laughs) it's a very interesting sensation
1: yeah like but it was a total welcoming like oh and i'm like do you like that and she's like Ah, and i'm like okay well that's good because i like doing that look at that look at that symbiotic relationship and then of course the play and the grabbing and and there was some jokes and and it was a very wonderful you know the first half and then of course because she had said that she liked the hitachi i'm like well You know, she's been very, very good. She's been a very good girl.
2: She's a good girl. She deserves a reward. She
1: deserves a reward. (laughs) So, had a little trouble navigating, clearing the table. (laughs) I'm like, wait a minute. How did I do this before?
2: (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm just going
1: to throw shit over here. This isn't going to be pretty. (laughs) So, I did and put her down. And then, you know, we did, you know, some little sexy plays along with some massage stuff and, and, uh, her responses were obviously very lovely for that. And, uh, she has a great vagina. Ah, Just a great vagina. And I told her too, I know that might've been a weird compliment. Did you use she the laughed. word
2: vagina? I
1: did. I said, you got ah. a great vagina. She starts laughing. And then later <laughs> I told her again, we made the joke and she's like, thank my mom. I go, can I send her an email?
2: Oh my god. Boogie. Dear Mrs. This
1: woman's mom, thank you so good jeans. Go job. Oh my god. Go mom. Good job giving your daughter a good hooch. That's fucking great.
2: Oh for heaven's sake. So
1: so you know, we had a nice time and and then brought it down. And then, of course, doing all the math, okay, because, you know, my job is to be the crazy person with all the math, but she's not supposed to know it, so she can just relax, and then I gently pull her you know, off the table. Okay, we're going to get dressed and whatever. And in my mind, I'm out. Got three minutes and I got to clean. And then I got, how long is the matter side going to sit on the cross and, you know, stuff like that? But I'm just acting real cool. Okay, let's move and smooth. So did pretty good. Got the, mm-hmm. got out of the room on time. And she was like, hey, I want to go walk around. Now here's the trick, Kathy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is, this is, this is game. I'm gonna <laughs> tell me to give away another secret to men.
2: Okay. It doesn't matter that you give me a few secrets, by the way, because they won't be listening to you.
1: Probably not. Well, I'll just... You uh, know,
2: their ears just shut whenever someone...
1: No, no, no. I I talked to a lot of guys, and I did have I I didn't talk about it, but I had a great conversation for a half hour with a new guy that was there, and he was brand, brand new, and it was so good to see him because he was so open to consent and learning about his partners and reading body language and intention and all the, you know, the speech that we give to all the new people. Right. And that was real cool. So, but she said, hey, I want to walk around. Now then, the game is, don't assume that that means she wants to just be yours for the rest of the night. Uh-huh. You know, that she just now, all of a sudden, you're married. She's brand new. She's experiencing things. And so I just said, do you want me to, you know, by yourself? She said, yeah, okay. Well, I'll be in the back. And she did she went away for you know a while and looked around and did did whatever things that she did and explored, and we all hung out kind of in the back, and then I decompressed myself because I was like, "What the fuck just happened
2: so what you're saying is no when to back off,
1: yeah, no one to back off and then of Got course it. it i was it was a very lovely surprise. She did come and find me about an hour later, and then we had another really nice conversation, and then I found out stuff about her that funny enough, uh, I won't give away like things she does at work or whatever, but let's just say she falls right in line with the sciencey, you know, nerdy, you know,
2: you and the that, nerdy girl. Yeah.
1: That's uh you know, she has, she has some, some skills about, uh, you know, sciencey biological things, right. which apparently is my thing. And I'm like, really? That's funny. That's so funny. You're like I never
2: knew I had a thing.
1: <laughs> so, uh, So there is uh, the big story. And then, of course, the next day it was, well, I missed the last part, which was actually kind of sappy for me, but just uh, it was nice. So I'm like, okay, well, let me walk you to your car because, of course, there's no parking now. So you have to walk seven miles to a car. And I actually drove her down the street in my car and then went to her car, you know, because it's like one in the morning. There's a lot of homeless and, you know, creepy stuff. And then put her in her car before she gets in her car. She's like, Hey, I had a really nice time. And I'm like, that was, that was pretty cool. You know, of course in my, my head, I'm like, what are you talking about? That was fucking awesome.
2: You're, <laughs> so, you're like trying to play it cool. Like, oh, of
1: course. Duh. I'm like, Oh yeah, it was pretty cool. And I was glad, uh, glad you had a good time. It was cool. little finger gun. cue, uh-huh. And, uh, and then oh I didn't tell you the part before cuz we never saw each other's faces. Right. The entire time just had this great scene and at the end I'm like it's like the big reveal time and she's like oh my god was kind of nervous and it was so sweet and I'm like can I take your mask off?
2: Oh my
1: goodness. And and she's like uh okay And I just, like, peeled it down, and it revealed she had this pretty, just wonderfully cute face with these beautiful cheeks and this big smile. And I was like, oh, my God, you're adorable. And she's like, ah! And it was, like, all, you know, awkward, funny, you know, Uh teenage shit. And Uh then I'm like, well, it's time for you to see fucking Cow (laughs) Man. And she's like, "Oh, yeah, yeah you're cute, I guess." <laughs> oh,
2: she did not do that. You're just making that up. Is
1: it when a woman uh, like does like this shoulder quick quick thing, like she's coughing up a hairball? That means she thinks I'm sexy, right? That. <laughs> uh, uh.
2: You're making it sound like she was dry heaving. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, that's what it looked like. That's, that's, that's good, right? Uh, oh, my God.
1: Okay. Well, after she wiped some, some spit off her mouth and she put her mask on, she's like, no, 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 I like the mystery. Put your mask back on.
0: Uh-huh, and I'm right. like, oh,
1: okay, that's cool. But at the end of the night, put her in her car. And, uh, and then uh, before she got in the car, I said, well, I'm going in. Going in, and she was receptive and just gave her this really nice little kiss. No tongue. Just a nice little kiss, and it felt really nice. And then she drove away.
2: And you never heard from her again? No. (laughs) (laughs) She was smart.
1: (laughs) She was smart. But no, uh, the next day, I went to go stand by the airport with a diet coke and i just stood there and i'm like how do you what what just happened that was strange
2: you had a a a one in the morning coke fueled existential little crisis there
1: i don't think it was a crisis i think it was Uh, just nice it was like i felt certain things circulating which was nice and then you guys
2: uh exchange each other's fet names right
1: yeah no we we got numbers she she Took my phone and, you know, you know so obviously she she knows how to use that. And so uh, the next she's day, a she's a youngin'. She's, I don't, yeah, she's, yeah, she's surely a lot younger than me. <laughs> so uh, the next day we talked and, and we had a really nice conversation. And then there's been some texts and back and forth. And so, uh, you know, so yeah, we've talked probably about five, six times this week just in text, little text. And then I said, hey, I'm going to be talking about you tonight on the show i go do you want a special name and she's whatever so she gave me one name and she's all well you know you can pick one and i go well what's something cute and so she's like well i like being called kitten and i'm like we haven't had a kitten on the show but you don't just get a name on perverted podcast that's true you know, there's, you have there's to earn it, like yeah, me, there's uh, some my stuff. horrible
2: names that you've given me over the years. I've earned every that's, one of them.
1: That's right. <laughs> Yours have been more of like psychological trauma, but the other girls have had to actually do things with their vaginas and asses. So uh, I said, you know, you're going to have to do some things to become part of perverted podcast folklore. And she said, well, I do like a challenge. Mm. And so I said, "All right, talk is cheap. We'll just have to see how that progresses." Cool. So now I've taken up the uh, entire first half of the show, babbling <laughs> about a place.
2: <laughs> I think that's our show, ladies and gentlemen.
1: <laughs> Look, as long as it has been since we've gone to a dungeon, uh, yeah. I don't really have a problem babbling about it like this because it may not be this this conversation for a, a little while longer
0: mailbox, bitch,
2: so we have one from uh, a listener called quite shy one which is absolutely an adorable name i love that it is uh she's wrote to us um about a past episode that we did she says Hi, Boogie and Kathy. Listening to this week's episode with the kinkster who had to censor themselves at work really hit a chord with me. Hmm. I am polyamorous and I have three wonderful partners. Can I just interject here for a minute, Boogie? She's got three fucking partners. Don't hate. Uh, I'm trying not to hate, but man, she's lucky. That's (laughs) envy. It's not not jealousy. It's envy. That's true. I am envious of her. Uh, She says, I am polyamorous and have three wonderful partners. However, I am not out to my family. Whenever I discuss my other partners, I have to call them friends and make adjustments accordingly. I know this is partially my issue as I can be very conflict averse, even more so when it's my family and I do not want to lose those relationships. But there are times where I wish I could be completely open and honest with everyone despite the discomfort this would cause. My partners understand my situation and one of them is in the same position as I am. I would like to be who I am more openly, but have chosen not to due to the potential consequences. Listening to this week's episode made me feel less alone, even though our situations are different. Thank you both for the show. You are always entertaining and informative, and I look forward to listening to each episode. that was very nice
1: it was very nice and very sad and just an incredible thing i actually talked to Unger for like an hour last night and he's good yeah i'm gonna yeah he's coming on the show next week and he's actually considering doing uh i don't want to let the cat out of the i'm going to fuck him of um, course you are well he's considering starting some sort of maybe a podcast or something like that yay about this very topic like having almost the entire show be about people who have to deal with a hidden life and how to navigate that in all their situations and then of course you know talking to different people like this listener who just emailed us about their situation, how they dealt with it, how to, you know, not feel alone because there's so many of us that have to make those kind of characters. Like we're not kinky to our uh, friends and family and coworkers and things like that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so I mean, it's a, it's a much bigger issue to a lot more people than I think we would think.
2: Yes, absolutely. I mean, I think everybody has this. I think there were very few people who don't, who are completely out and don't care at all about what anybody thinks. There's always, because the same is true of anything. You Everybody knows that the, most of us are sexual beings, but that doesn't mean you run around telling everybody uh, how, what position you had sex in last night. There are things that we just keep to ourselves, but it's mo- more difficult when the very thing you're trying to keep to yourself is something that should be, it should be okay to say I have more than one partner.
1: Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I mean, and it really, like you don't have, it's just like you have age-appropriate conversations with a kid, you have non-kink-appropriate conversations and non-poly-appropriate conversations with your friends and family that aren't into those lifestyles. But you should still be able to, to be honest about who you are and especially in, and when you're talking about Polly, because that's I'm well, we'd get in a whole another 10,000 topics that we've talked about with the same thing, but right, but it is, it is good to understand that you're not alone in this. And surely the more people that you can commiserate with, and connect with to understand that this is a normal part of being kinky, I think it kinda lessens it lessens the blow a lot of the time.
2: Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad that we've I don't know, offered a platform where these two people who don't even know each other can gain some, you know, comfort from one another, knowing that you're not alone. That's a great feeling, by the way, to know that you're not alone. It it lessens whatever anxiety or stress or grief you're going through to know that somebody else understands your pain.
1: And that also gives you hope that you're going to find answers that and point of views that maybe you didn't think of before.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the amount of people who emailed me when I was going through my breakup and said, I know exactly how you're feeling, and I got through it, those words are like magic because you really do think there's something wrong with you or that you can't figure it out. It doesn't matter what dilemma you're going through. You think that other people somehow have a handle on things that you don't. And, and our, our listener who just wrote into us is no different. And then to suddenly hear that others struggle with this same thing and they found a way to get through it. Like you say, it gives you hope.
1: Absolutely.
2: So
0: that's why we do the show. We
2: just give hope to the hopeless. Because we are away a minute.
0: Yeah, it's kind of
3: true.
2: We're hopeless. Oh, okay.
0: Perverted podcast listener segue. Fluffy, 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 Fluffy. That's you. You are here, Fluffy. Yep, I'm here. Oh, my gosh. You
1: sound so... So sweet. See, it's deceptive. Let me ask you a question. Are you fluffy because you like fluffy stuff or or what?
3: I'm fluffy because I needed a name that when somebody typed into a search engine, it would come up with loads of things and not necessarily me. Okay.
1: All right. Fair enough. It's actually very, very (laughs) clever because my other thought was... You're just a serial killer that gets off on emotionally disarming your victims before you chop off their body parts and eat it in front of them while they're still alive.
3: Oh, only at weekends. You're fine. It's your week.
1: All right, fine. That's good. But what's exciting is you took the plunge, and you're here with us today, and I know our listeners are going to be very excited to hear from you and some of your stories. You filled out the little questionnaire that we have for listeners that asks you some questions about you and your experiences, and they email us, you emailed us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. I sent you the questionnaire, you filled out some things, and now we get to talk about some of your experiences if that is okay with you.
3: Yeah, that's absolutely fine. It was quite good having the questionnaire because I think you could just pick and choose which things you'd be willing to talk about and which things you thought, mm, no, definitely not going there. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think you're like, the one of the questions was like, what are some of your darkest fantasies? And you're like, well, it really wouldn't be a dark fantasy if we just told everybody.
3: I know. It's like, you know, some things are special. You know, why would you tell the whole world? Them? I,
1: I think I absolutely agree with you. Some perverts are uh, very, uh, very out forth. Fourth out, out for you know what I mean, but you did have one. Let's start with the fun story. There is a story about you and the dungeon and a crate. Can you walk us through that? Because I love these stories. Because I've had multiples of them myself.
3: I think everybody's got multiple these stories, um, so. I was relatively new into the scene and I was playing at this guy's house and I'd played with him a couple of times before, so we'd kind of moved on from just like normal spanking and rope work, which initially when I went into the scene, that's all I was interested in. So he was in the middle of a play scene and you've got to imagine this guy would set up the room beautifully and put candles everywhere and um, have almost like soft light in and in the corner of the room there was a shelf full of candles and underneath the shelf was like a dog crate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. And you were going to go it's, to that
1: dog crate.
3: Well, it wasn't intentional. You know, It's quite a good thing in the way, if you think about it, because it's a way for the Dom to give you a break from whatever play that's going on to reset yourself and recharge um, without them losing control of the situation in the scene.
1: That's wonderful. I absolutely agree.
3: So anyway... I was, t- I was blindfolded at this point with a collar and lead on and he was leading me into the dog crate by crawling. So me being me, I'm not the most elegant of persons. So here I am trying to get into the dog crate and there must have been a lip or something at the bottom of the dog crate. So I caught my knee or something on it as I was going into the dog crate. Totally fell head first against the wall and against the side of the crate. Still on all fours at this point. And I just felt this utmost pain and burning. And I automatically just freeze. You know, everybody talks about this like flight or fight response, but I just freeze and you can tell he's almost like doing his duck impression so he's kind of going okay just stay still everything's fine and i'm just thinking i can't move anyway i'm totally frozen here (laughs) all the time this burning searing pain going through me so anyway the shelf above all the candles on it had fallen on top of the crate and came off the wall so here I was getting candle wax completely dripping on me. From and of course, you can't actually pick up all the candles at once. So you just have to do them one by one. And as he's right. obviously picking them up, there must have been more dripping on me. And I'm just like, <laughs> I can't move here. I've never done wax plate or anything like this in my whole entire life. And here I was, like, on my back, everything, oh. totally covered in wax.
1: Oh, bum. Oh, oh,
3: involuntary,
1: unintentional wax play. Oh.
3: I know. But if you didn't know the guy better or whatever, you'd kind of think, oh my gosh, is this person just trying to on and introduce me to wax play this way? You know, it's one way to get over my fears. And, you know, just do it all at once and then it's done.
1: Just get it all out of the way. Well, the, uh, probably the, the burning was from they might not have been wax play candles they were probably oh no
3: they weren't there were normal candles that were oh. like sent in the room to make the room nice and and oh, it wasn't just one like... you know it was like yeah
1: there's like five of them
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: i don't mean to laugh at you but it is such an amazing beautiful story because because i've i've had it and we've seen it in the dungeon and we've had it in our personal lives where everything is just set up so beautifully and romantic yeah. and passionate. And, and you're like, this is great. And and the whole scene is set and then just a slight human error <laughs> and the kaboom takes place. I mean, the good news is, is that it was just some uh, small burning. Did it cause any damage on your skin or...
3: Um, no, well, lucky I was like pretty. I had a course on, so I did have some clothing on, but um, it was it was the it was all in my hair, which was the worst thing more than anything. Um, it's like how on earth do I get this all out of my hair? And oh. I must admit, afterwards, the Dom was so painstakingly trying to get all of this wax out of my hair.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, see, because like the the regular
1: wax play wax, like the spa wax that you use, it burns at a much lower temperature, so you can literally, if some gets in your hair, you can literally go take a hot shower and it'll come out almost relatively with with ease. But the harder wax... Especially like dinner candles that burn at a much higher time. When they grab your hair, they're like, it's mine.
3: <laughs> yeah, I was lucky didn't end up with a bald patch.
1: Well, that so now let me ask the question. So this obviously uh, put a little bit of a freeze on the sexy moment. And uh, but after the de-waxing of fluffy hair, were you able to uh, go back into some play or was it just like, okay, we we did good. We're going to stop today.
3: Oh, no, that that was that was the end. (laughs) You've got to understand that I was quite new at this time and wax play wasn't something I would never have chose to do or was never discussed to do. So, um,
1: so you're no. like that's done.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> that's the big finale, the fireworks show. <laughs> yeah, I,
3: I think that'll just end there today. Thank you very much. I'll see <laughs> you later.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh but you know what? Like we we joke and we laugh because that's part of any performance, any anything you do, whether it's cooking or going to work or or an act any activity, there's always that chance that there's gonna be a kaboom or some sort of disaster. But what's what's really cool, were you able to laugh it off with him and then talk through it and, and get back to play later? Like another time.
3: Um oh yeah, I, I played with him again after that. Um But I don't think there was so much talking through. I think once the initial shock... I think I was quite in shock to start with because it was just totally unexpected and not something that I even knew existed. That was the thing. You've got to remember, I was quite new at this point. Right. And the concept of wax play hadn't even entered my radar And he was like, so that was your first introduction to wax play. I'm like, wax play? Why the hell would somebody have burned wax? I mean, technically it was not
1: your first introduction to wax play. (laughs) It was an introduction to being burned by candle wax unintentionally, but it wasn't like he just flipped them over on you and splat. I mean, there was a bump and, you know, so the wax play when you're prepared for it is actually pretty goddamn wonderful. But when you're not prepared for anything, it's like stubbing your toe on the corner of a table.
3: And I think because I was, like, pra- practically in this dog cage, it's not like I could have moved quickly to get out of the way of it or anything like right. that. So it was just a case of it's stuck here until he sorts this out.
1: <laughs> just a freeze. Now then, let me, if I can, throw suggestions to some of our newer listeners out there. Because I've done this before in play scenes when I've played with new people. And maybe they seemed a little nervous, like they, you know, wanted to do everything right. Sometimes in the negotiation, it really helps if you say, hey, we're going to try to do all this fun stuff. But if something goes wrong, we'll just kind of laugh, laugh it off and move on, you know. And so because sometimes something like that could really be upsetting to somebody to where they'll never come back because they feel they disappointed, you know, and every, you know, Oh, I ruined everything. And so sometimes if you can just, while you're negotiating with your partners, just say, Hey, accidents happen. Here's, you know, we'll, we'll always try to be as safe as we can, but if something happens, it's not going to, let's not make it the end of the world. And, and it's okay. And cause I've had that happen where things have gone wrong uh, or the emotions change or whatever. And, and the bottom would have been normally very upset. Like they disappointed me, you know, because I put all this time setting things up, um, especially with like needle play scenes and big scenes where you have to do a lot of setup and even wax play scenes, uh, where the bottom's like, I'm just not super into this for a long time today. Um, Or it just didn't work out at all to where I had done all the setup and they just weren't in the headspace. And because we had kind of done that talk before and said, you know, you're free to be a human and it's not always going to work out. And yeah, sure, there may be a moment of disappointment and butthurt, but in general, for the long term picture, I would rather play with you moving forward than just try to force a perfect scene when something happens. Does that make sense?
3: I don't think there's such a thing as a perfect scene.
1: I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you.
3: I think as much as you want to plan or kind of have a scene in your head, you know, people are human, you know, things change and you have to accept that and go along with it or stop it.
1: I completely agree. Well, I'm glad that, that was an amazing story. <laughs> Just the freeze. Cuz that is that it's fight or fight, fight or flight, feed and breed and freeze. There's five of them. There's is five. There of them. Okay. Yeah, freeze is actually a thing. It's not it's not not in that realm of how the brain works in an emergency situation. So, um because sometimes freezing is a good idea. Like you get scared and you freeze, and then the wild animal runs by and eats another animal and not you. So nature, you know, nature <laughs> did include that in this the case. The next you time fr- I
3: counted a wild hog, I I'll think of that. Then, Shella.
1: <laughs> it didn't work in your case because the <laughs> wax. And gravity just pulled it right on you. <laughs> but,
3: I know, but you kind of think it could have been worse. Maybe if I panicked and like tried to get out really quickly, I could have knocked even more on top of me, or so.
1: knocked a flame on you and turned into a human candle and been scooting around on all fours while on fire, screaming through uh, through the Dom's uh, place. That so could have worked. <laughs> Why does my <laughs> brain color? Now wow, you sit in my
3: he... head. I'm going to never go to with candles. <laughs> Jesus.
1: Okay, I'm a dick. Let's move on. Let's yeah, move thanks. on.
3: Thanks for just, that. Just
1: good story. So another one of the questions that was in there, uh, which I really liked your answer to, was: uh, Is there something that you wish you would have known or thought through before jumping into the lifestyle? And what was your answer?
3: This one's really difficult to speak about without sounding like, you know, I sit at the side of a room stalking people or something. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I, I don't do it intentionally. But I'm probably quite shy and quiet when I first go to, like, a meeting or an event. Or even just online, I probably sit on the sidelines a lot. And I always think it's handy to observe what's going on rather than jump headfirst into kind of like automatically feeling you need to be in the centre of the room or speak to loads of people. I probably really sit back on the sidelines and watch the other people in the room and how they behave and how they interact with each other. Um, So um, one example. I can't remember the example I gave Oh, when it was at an event and if I'm seeing, you know, a dominant person playing with a submissive or something like that, kind of almost like watching how they play. Um, Because, like, for instance, some dominants, they're almost like putting a show on for the room. Right. Um, And their focus isn't on the person they're playing with. It's almost on the room and looking at the reaction they're getting from the room for what they're doing to the dominant, to the submissive person. Or you get some dominance that, you know, their focus is entirely on the person they're playing with. You know, they could be anywhere in the world and their whole... Goal and focus and attentions on that person, yeah. like they're constantly doing little checking ins to see if they're okay. You know, they're not looking at the room and who's watching them and who's making you know kind of the biggest, um, I don't know, crowd around them and things like that. But they're just enjoying each other. You no,
1: know? absolutely, so just and that-
3: sitting back
1: so when you're ready to start talking to people or those doms start talking to you you already know you have a good sense of how they're going to be treating you
3: um, yeah and you almost get an impression of what type of dominant person that you want to get to know better and to play with um, and you can take quite a lot from just watching other people and how they behave so if you started to say to play or speak to a dom that their whole focus you realise is on the room and you know who's looking at them and you know what kind of reaction they're getting from the room rather than the person you can kind of think well actually maybe that's not the type of person i want to play with however maybe you're a huge exhibitionist sure. and you want somebody that's going to like you know please the crowd or the people that are watching them and so you know there's nothing wrong with different styles of how people play it's just finding the different style that's going to be with match with you
1: I totally agree, and then there's some some people that play both ways, where sometimes it's a show, and sometimes you're focused on the the person that you're with. So I absolutely agree that the observation, because a lot of people, and and we don't want to sound like old fuddy duddies, you know. Which sometimes when I say this, it comes off like I'm being overly protective um, when you when you tell people that it's it's a very, very healthy move to do just like you. I'm going to get a feel for this room before I just rip off my clothes and run in and hope for the best. And, and that, especially when people are new and they've maybe been repressed, maybe they came from a religious background or they had a long-term relationship that was uh, sexless, uh, and now they're just like, oh, they're just chomping at the bit to get get in there and do things. Um, that comes with a lot more risk than somebody like you who actually comes in and says, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to watch for a minute and then get a feel for these different people and then go ahead and proceed. And I tell I was at the, the dungeon uh, last weekend. And there was a new guy there who was all excited. And and I specifically told him, we started talking about, you know, I gave him the whole new person excitement thing, speech. And one of the things I always say, I said, hey, don't worry, because the kinky people will always be here. There is always going to be kinky people. So if you don't do all the stuff on your dream list today, it's okay, because there will be people to do that with tomorrow and the next day and the next So, taking a little bit of time and and getting a feel... And I'm not saying don't play or don't fuck or don't, you know, try things or do stuff. But it's not not like this is your only one chance. You can actually Uh, take some time.
3: It's not like that. Do you not find, you know, when you're at events and things like that, towards the end of the evening, you can almost see people... Prowling out of desperation. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Just like at a bar. <laughs> Just. It's like, I'm not going to go away from this event without playing with somebody, anybody, anybody will do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, we've seen that. We have seen that. And that's uh, my uh Mew. Mew used to always say, which was very funny coming from you because she's so. She's usually so very sweet and innocent, Um, but she's like, walk through the room, walk back, lower your standards, walk back into the room, (laughs) walk back, lower your standards a little bit more, (laughs) walk in the room and go find something. So yeah, that kind of desperation, which, you know... Whatever, I'm not going to... Just like you said before, everybody has their own taste and flavor and what their goals are for for their own lives and how they want to play and be sexual. But I have found that the people that actually do a little bit of that, just holding back a little bit. And getting a feel for the room, maybe getting some information, talking to some of the leaders of the group, asking questions, asking if there's somebody that um, plays the way you like to play. Um, I've had that multiple times where people are like, oh, I'm into this and this and this and this. Do you have any recommendations that has always led to a better chance of things going well than things going bad?
3: Yeah, but it's not just events, you know. Say you have a sudden interest in, I don't know, ball torture, electric ball torture, or something like something you know.
1: tame, something relaxed, yes, and yes, tame. something casual. Yes. You do.
3: Okay, so you go online to like FetLife, life, you find like this group or something, and there's quite a lot of posts and information. You know, sit back and read those posts and read that information. Look who's posting on those posts and the information they're given and you don't want to dive into that group and go, "Hi, I'm interested in electric ball torture would somebody show me? Just think of all the people that would message you that, you right. know <laughs> so you need to sit back look, and think, okay, well that person's reply to everybody's post saying, I'll do it to you, I'll do it to you I'll do it to you, you can think, no <laughs> not that person <laughs> and look at the people who've done, you know Good replies sound like they know that they're talking about, talking about the dangers, talking about the risks. Then message them you know not in the like group forum or something like that but private messengers saying look this is something i'm really interested in it could you perhaps tell me about the risks or tell me about the benefits and then by all means put a post in the group but at least you've got that baseline knowledge to work on you know so you can assess the risk yourself you know you've got to take some control over your own actions and for gaining your own knowledge before diving into these things so by going to a van and just sit and looking and observing, you're kind of building up your knowledge in order to counteract some of the douchebags that are there, or not there.
1: Fluffy, that was so incredibly wise and poignant. <laughs> there is, I, I can't agree with anything. I have nothing to add to that. That is absolutely. Uh, what I agree and just building that power and taking that personal responsibility. I absolutely agree with you on that. And once again, have found in so many situations how much better, because I mean, some people, the people that want to come in and just play, play, play and run away. I don't necessarily trust those people that they're going to have my best interests. Those people are very much only about their interests and my interests are to be here for a while and to have great experiences with people that actually want to be with me and to experience things with me just like I want to experience things with them. So the people that are a little more, just like you said, a little more into the safety and and making sure that there's the right aftercare based on what the person's needs are and And those types of things, those are the people that I think I feel much safer around.
3: Yeah, but it's got to be fun, too. It's not all just about safety. (laughs) Well, you know what I look.
1: Look, no matter what, if you're going for electric ball torture, you can talk safety for a hundred years. You're still going to end up doing fucking electric ball torture. So, we're not. We're not. You don't even. Well, then, fine. Electric (laughs) lip torture. They call it Jenna torture. They call it Vagigena torture. I have a violet wand. I'll zap your pussy. No problem, Fluffy. No problem. (laughs) At the end, you know, because some people say that. And I wanted to to make a comment before we end is that some people are like, well, it can't all be about safety. You got to have fun. And it's just like, once we get all that safety crap, every. Look, compare what we do. To what the rest of the world is doing, they're going out and playing cards, and you know they get drunk, they dance, maybe they see a sports event or a movie. Like at the end of all of our safety, we're electrocuting genitals. (laughs) There's going to be fun. There's no doubt. No matter how much time you spend prepping, at the end,
0: it's still going to be fucking nuts.
1: I like how I'm in the library screaming. <laughs> I don't even want to turn around. <laughs> My back's face to the window. And I'm like, we're going to fucking electrocute some nuts, Fluffy.
3: Oh, to be a fly on the wall in that library. <laughs>
1: I just look back. There's just some lady sitting. She has her mask on and she's just looking and typing. And she's like, I hate the public library. I hate the public <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's
1: two police officers standing there, sir. Sir, we'd like to talk to you about your conversation.
3: No, no, everything's <laughs> fine. Just at least it's about just us. a conversation. Yeah, <laughs> you could be actually doing it in the library.
1: That see, that's where I think we would go. Where it would not be fun at the end. I'm pretty sure <laughs> that would know. just end not well. Just. For me, because I'm already, you know, yeah. they they know me. Like if you were here, they, you know, people would be much more forgiving, much more forgiving. They're like, well, she was lovely, and and she just had to, uh, you know, maybe masturbate a little bit in that private room, and we support her. It's a double standard, but I'm okay with it.
3: There always is double standards.
1: <laughs> there's there's always a double standard. Fluffy, I loved hearing. Your stories and what you have to say I'd actually love for you to come back Because I know you have a lot more stories If you would be open to talking with us again sometime It is amazing to have you as a listener And thank you so much For spending some time with us
3: Not a problem It was lovely to chat with you as well yeah! Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: That ladies and gentlemen Is the end of the show 329 Please do not forget to visit us on patreon.com forward slash perverted podcast and consider becoming a supporter of the show by contributing a mere $5 a month. And don't forget that you can always talk to Boogie and I by emailing us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com or dropping us a line on our FetLife profile, Perverted Podcast. And one last thing I'd like to say is that that post that somebody put up on our group in which people were saying so many nice things about me. If you never heard us <laughs> talk about the post that you put up there, please don't think that uh, we don't care or that none of that matters to me. It's just that it got to a point where there's only so much, you know, licking up Kathy's ass that you can do before I'm like, okay, I'm done.
0: But You were no. ready though.
2: I had,
1: I, if we're going to say who is the dick on this one, you can go ahead and blame me cuz I'm like she's you're like oh I got more of these we got enough we could do this segment 18 more times and I'm like you know I think we you know we don't we can't suck Kathy's dicks you're already getting a big head oh my god you're already starting to get confident and all of a sudden just you turn into a monster you know yeah.
2: Okay, I'll, I'll put the blame where it belongs. You didn't want to do any more, though, those, far as I'm concerned. They're just like more mail we got. But please, in all, you know, in all seriousness, every single thing that you guys wrote meant so very much to me. So just know that even if you didn't hear it live on the show, that does not mean that I did not take it to heart. And I'm not exaggerating at all when I say I cried reading each and every one of those you meant that much to me.
1: That is wonderful and cuddly and brofinger mushy. And, and
2: finger Mushy is what I was striving for. So well, me.
1: look at that. <laughs> Win-win for everyone. It's been a great show. A lot of fun. Thank you so much to Fluffy for joining us all the way from the UK. And uh, thank you guys for listening to me babble about a great experience. And uh, I guess we're back, Kathy.
2: I guess we have to say that that's true. We are.
1: Yeah, because I talked to you the next day. We had our aftercare, our after club, after Claire seeing each other in public, which we're not supposed to. But uh, yeah,
2: what's up with that? Let's not do that again. Well, see each could, other in public. Well, what?
1: well, just you know, keep a distance, good arm's length. You know, I can bro finger you with a stick. Oh,
2: but, good uh, gravy!
1: But it was a lot of fun, and it is good that we're gonna go back and we're gonna go back to the same party next month, and uh, and maybe even pick up the pace a little bit, and so we'll have some. More stories for you here on Perverted Podcast, and we'll just uh, keep doing this. Unger coming up next week. We'll see you guys next week for uh, 3.30.
2: Yay!
0: got a good job trying to look in the best i can i just want a good girl i'm honest and i'm loyal and i never ever chew my nails it seems that's not enough she said if you want to win my heart there's just one more little test she said if my cat likes you well i might let you stay if my cat likes you well hey you might get Was going to psychologically evaluate me And she said, pretty much yes It's been that way for the last 70 guys, i are so updated So still deal with it And I said, well, okay, but How long did it take you to date 70 guys? If my cat likes you Well, I might let you stay If my cat likes you Well, hey, you might get paid Here's my feline frustration How a girl hates a man Like a tuna fish. Can. Baby. You are such a baby. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm sitting on her couch, and sweat is forming on my brow. And now she's bringing out that cat that will decide if I'm a good man. Pussy got dropped right on my lap Started to purr and took a nap Girl's eyes went wide as her Blast off. on a my bat The are went out If my cat likes you Well, I might let you stay If my cat likes you Well, hey, you might get laid If my feet are restriction Our girl is a man Gotta get the part of a blue ball, Like a tuna fish yeah. oh, not- yeah.